Hello, this is Kimberly Bell, your host with You Are Good Enough. And today we are talking with Christina Ashley shortly. I wanted to jump on. Christina Ashley is the author of All Was Love. And Christina has written a book surrounding an experience that she had with um, uh, a woman's soul who, um, who connected with Christina. And this is really the transition, this is the soul's experience with the transition of leaving this earth plane, if you will. This is a sensitive subject for a lot of people because it's death. And we don't often talk about death. We can talk all day long about birth, but um, death is, is a challenge. The idea of death is a challenge for many people, people who I work with daily. And I wanted to come on and I wanted to mention two things. I wanted to say, you know what? We're all gonna grieve and we all deserve to grieve in our own way, in our own time. And we all deserve also to have maybe a perspective, an expansive perspective around what death actually means. And you know, this show, I always want people to feel like they're feeling empowered and they walk away with something that is valuable to them. So I wanted to sneak on and I wanted to give you a little snapshot, if you will, of what we're going to talk about next. You can get all, all ready to go. Okay. Thanks so much. Talk with everyone soon. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is You Are Good Enough. And today I am blessed to be with Christina Ashley. Uh, Christina has been interested and death, dying, and grief since she was in her early 20s. She read many books, took classes in college about these interests, and had truly powerful experiences with clients doing past life regressions as a certified hypnotherapist. She's always felt that there was something beyond the physical body and that the soul doesn't lie. It retains memory and lives on, building upon its experiences for inner growth and full realization of, of itself. Christina has also been in the presence of souls crossing over in her work as a caregiver, affirming to her that the times of birth and death are truly the most powerful of every being. This book that she has written is a result of a long personal spiritual journey and her openness to the soul, Tammy, that connected with Christina while her soul was transitioning through the experience of death. It is Christina's hope that All Was Love will help change the way people think and feel about death, life, and love. And I would like to welcome Christina, you to this podcast video. And I'm, I'm psyched. It's absolutely beautiful, this book. Thank you. Thank and you. I, I'm going to say that when I picked up the book for the first time, and I opened it up and I saw the infinity sign. I like, I have tears coming to my eyes right now. <laughs> it was unbelievable. To, and I was in the middle of my work day and I was like, okay, girl, you can't read this right now. <laughs> um, so I knew that I had to like get in the bathtub and if I needed to cry um, or do whatever I need to do, it was just, I could tell this book was special and that I needed to give it the sacred space that it deserves. So um, I just want to tell you, it was very touching from the beginning, picking up this book. So. Oh, thank you. 
So thank you. Yeah. And we'll talk more about it. But that's, oh, a, that's funny. Yeah, I know. I'm such a author tease, you know. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, you're you're um, totally legit now, girl. I yeah. know. I know. But it is fun. I'll, I'll only say that that really helps take people take uh, daily experiences of uh, all kinds of things that we go through and just transcend it and come around to the real uh, underlying thing that's going on and, and how we can use that to um, help ourselves and raise our own consciousness. So it's a path I've been walking for a long time. Yeah. And so I'm looking forward to finishing that one as well. So that's personal cool. assistant still, good, extent, but moving into the going on. on. Yeah. yeah. You've got a lot more going on. So that's, <laughs> that's really awesome. So I guess before I want to get into the book, if, if we could just talk about, so in the intro, the name Tammy comes up. Mm -hmm. And I realized that this was maybe partially, or it was the inspiration really mm -hmm. for the book. That, not that you knew at that time that you were writing a book, correct? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I did not. I yeah. thought I was writing a poem, which I was. Right. Right. Absolutely. So yeah, can you tell us the story though? Because I think it's yeah pretty incredible and um, feels like that moment, life, life really was shifting around that time, but that feels to me like that was a game changer for you, mm -hmm. right? That moment. Yeah. Um, well, and I tell the story on our website, alwaslove.com. So I'm going to tell it um, in a little more succinct way, maybe because we've, you know, we've got a time limit maybe on our conversation today, but you're welcome to go on the website, anyone watching your video you. yes. and look at it there. But basically I was living in Michigan, a small town, living on a farm of over 200 acres with my boyfriend at the time. And um, he just came in the house one day and said his cousin had died the day before in a rollover Jeep accident. And I didn't know her, I'd never met her personally, but I knew of her and I knew she was very well loved in the family. Um, and so I knew it was a very tragic thing. She had just graduated high school that year. And, um, and when he told me about this, at that time in my life, I was meditating probably three, four hours a day, doing a lot of Tai Chi. My body was very, very clean as far as the way I ate. And uh, so I was, I was a pretty clear vessel. Um, and I had had spiritual experiences before that. So those kinds of things didn't um, scare me. So after he told me this, I just, I just felt like I needed to go outside. Mm -hmm. I couldn't be in the house. I needed to go outside. So I went and sat outside. And this farm, actually, that my boyfriend uh, was purchasing was his grandparents' farm. So since Tammy was his cousin, it was also her grandparents' farm. And so I just sat outside among the trees and the flowers, and it, I always called it Heaven's Gate. It was so beautiful there. And I just sat there and closed my eyes, and it didn't take very long. All of a sudden, I just, I just felt an energy. I started having experience, and I just somehow knew it was her. And she gave me the experience that she was having transcending in her transition of, of um, the soul, the experience mm -hmm. the soul goes through. Yeah. She was giving me that experience. And as I was experiencing it, words started to come to me. And I had always, I'd been a writer uh, and a poet in my, even in my earlier years. And so it just, it just came to me. And I, 
I ran in the house and grabbed a piece of paper and a pen and I came back out and I sat down and I just started writing everything that came. And this beautiful poem came out that was always love. Yeah. And then I went in the house and I showed, showed my boyfriend at the time and he just started crying and he was not an openly emotional person. Mm. Um, so I was shocked that it just made him cry. And um, mm. so um, I typed it up and uh, when friends would have a family member or friend pass away, I would say, oh, hey, maybe this poem would help you. And they would mm. say, oh my God, I love this. Can mm. I read it at the funeral? Things like that. Um, then my mother dated a funeral director. He owned a funeral home at one point. And I gave him the poem to see what he thought from the perspective of a funeral director. And he said, oh, I really like this. He goes, you know, I have a book of poems and things that people can choose from to have on the front of the card when right. someone dies that they give away at the funeral. Can I put this in that book? And I said, oh, Sure, and I forgot all about it. And uh, a few years later, I was caregiving an elderly woman and she passed away and I just adored her so and I went to her funeral and they handed us the card as we walked in and there was my poem on the front of the card. Oh my word, that's oh, crazy. <gasps> and I went to the funeral oh. director, I go, my poem is on the front of this card. He goes, oh yeah, that happens all the time. <laughs> I had no idea. That's so I cool. Had no idea. Aww. So, um, so I just held on to it, and then one day, um, a friend gave me a book, uh, something about a wistful unicorn, and it was a small gift book. It was lovely, and I think it was probably put out in the '60s or '70s, and it's still going strong. Mm -hmm. And um, I looked at it, and on the left hand side, it would have a line of writing, and on the right hand side, it would have beautiful imagery. And it just came to me, you could do that with this poem and it would help people. You could turn this into a little gift book and it would help people. Yeah. So I sat on that, sat out on that journey and uh, kept trying to find, you know, artists for the book and didn't find it until finally um, I did. And then it was a process of, of all coming together to become the book that's out now, All This Love. Um, but this whole time, I just um, was very clear that this needed to be done and it would come out at the, just the right time and that would help people deal with death, dying and grief. Right. And um, so I just stuck with it. <laughs> and it really has been, I think it's been 23 years. It's crazy to me. 23 years since, the, since I got this experience with her um, to it now coming into a book. But you know, um, I've heard this from other authors and now I understand it experientially that you know, the book isn't ready until you're ready. So true. And so I had a lot of healing and I had a lot of things I needed to go through and I needed to come to a certain place within myself to be ready to walk it and talk it more myself experientially. Right. So um, that's what I've been doing for 23 years, learning how to walk and talk it experientially. And, and uh, I'm still on the learning journey, but I, I feel like I've, I've got there further enough to, to talk about it and maybe help people with it. No, it's, it's cool. Uh, thank you very much for sharing. Um, yeah. Right, this is how the book starts, okay? The end, and I'm like, oh boy, right? And what I really love is, this says today was a good day to die. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can see how some people might get their back up against something being said like that. But the way that I think of that, 
what I read it for myself was if I was, if I was dying today, mm. there is a certain kind of day that I would want everyone to experience, right? Mm. And it would be just beautiful. You know, the sun would be shining, there would be billowy clouds, right? Because I would want everyone to, I don't know, I guess I kind of think about it, I'm going out there a little bit, like I'm sending love to everybody. Hmm. Right? It's like my farewell, here you go. And what I love about this book is, this is a very short book, uh, that's for sure, okay? Can definitely be, be read in a sitting. Definitely give yourself some nice quiet space. This is a book too, before I go on is, this book, Christina, is, is good for so many people, okay? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, but if you think about it, right? Cause we're all touched with death, right? We, we all in some way, some people have a lot of fear around it, right? This just brings up huge conversations, right? Mm -hmm. For a lot of people and what their experiences and their fears and all kinds of things. But this yeah. book really is beautiful because at the end of the day, at the end of the journey with this book, this beautiful soul has realized when it looks back and, and correct me if I'm not getting this, but you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, all was love. Like everything is here for love, right? Mm -hmm. And so I, I, you know, and I, I coach people, you know, every day and we're all, you know, struggling. We're feeling challenged by so many things, especially at this time. This is a challenging time. And if we can take that perspective, right? If we can take the perspective, which uh, the way out of pain is always taking the higher perspective, mm -hmm. that all is love. It's all here to teach us. Everything is here for the growth of the soul. That's what I feel. Um, I'm assuming that's probably what you feel as well. And, and so, yes, we are learning. We're learning until we take our last breath. Yeah. You know, and hopefully we get a day like this when we're taking our last breath, right? And we're, yeah. we're taking our flight to the dimension or where it is that we're going and look back and say, wow, wow. It was, it was all for love. It was all for me. It was for my higher and highest and best. Um, so I wanted to, I just wanted to let everyone know, this is just a wonderful, and I've had a, a few deaths here lately. And so I'm going to be purchasing a few copies myself mm -hmm. because it is the perfect gift to give someone, no matter how they feel about death in any way. It is the most um, unthreatening. Is that the way I want to say it? I'm not sure, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and uh, I knew from the very beginning that it needed to be... Um very universal and what universal. I mean in that is that no one of any religion would take offense to Correct. it. It could be for anyone of any belief system mm -hmm. because we do all deal with death and grief right? and at some point dying. And so it had to be something that really reached across uh, any religions and um, to speak to anyone's heart or consciousness. Um, right. So I appreciate you commenting on that aspect of it because that really was an important part of it and, and i wanted to tell you um along that lines a big part of this we should talk a little bit also about treya is the artist yes. for this book treya yes. christian gray 
And he was, I mean, I love kids. I've had daycare businesses and I homeschooled my son and I, you know, I'm a grandmother now. And uh, so I love kids. And, but Treya was really um, instrumental in get it, helping us get the clarity that this book is very good for children as well. Mm. And we've had um, some children that parents or grandparents have sat down and read the book with. And wow, the response has been really, really good about how helpful it was for the child and the questions that they asked and Beautiful. even the delight or even just the, the peace that came over them for the loss right. of a pet or, you know, whatever the right. child has lost. So, um, yeah, we're getting some beautiful feedback about how it's um, really helping children. I love that. It's also important to mention that first page where it says today was a good day to die. So yeah. here's an interesting story. Okay. When I was first working on this book, I had considered a friend of mine for the artist. And we met for tea, and then a friend of hers joined us, who had been someone I wrote a little article for, about, you know, for a local magazine. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it was just poem form then, and I asked her to read it. And she read that first line, today was a good day to die, and boy, it triggered her. She did not like that line. She uh -huh. did not want to consider that, and here's the reason why. She was in 9-11 and lived in New York at the time and uh, had to walk all the way back home across, I forget what bridge it was and everything. And, and to her in that moment, to consider that 9-11 was a good day to die, mm. she couldn't do it. She saw the horror. She saw the people jumping out of the building. She saw she was in it. And she just couldn't go there and it upset her greatly that someone would even try to speak that to other people mm -hmm. and have that kind of consciousness about death and about something so severe as that. But here's the interesting thing. Um, we had a conversation about that and I've, I've gone to college for death, dying and grief and social work and stuff and plus my own spiritual understanding and we had a conversation about that and then she read the rest of the poem and then she reread it. And then she said, okay, I get it. I get the big picture now. I'm okay. I'm okay. Oh, that's cool. And I was like, wow, she'd been carrying wow. that around for a few years. This was a few years after. And, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, wow. she still had um, scars on her face from the ashes, hot ash coming down and hitting her face. Yeah. And... Um, so that was another time when I knew, oh, this is supposed to come out. This is yeah. really going to help people. It's a, it's uh, <laughs> so I just want to explain that because sometimes people do read that. Uh, if it's been a more of a tragic situation, some people do read that first page. Today was a good day to die. And they, it's too hard. They can't be in that place with it. And that's okay. It's and hard to okay. get. And just put it down. Don't, yeah. You don't yeah. have to be with it. Put it down. Right. Look at it another time. Right. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. I'm just thinking out loud here about that and why that might be, I guess, is because it depends on what our attachment is to death, right? It depends on mm -hmm. what we deem death as being, right? And this book, I want right. to say, helps us understand that the transition um, of that right? Leaving our embodiment, the transition is almost like just a beautiful, beautiful morphing into going back to what we've been all along, right? Mm -hmm. we've, we've just been playing roles, right? 
But for a family who's suffered tragedy, I can totally see, you know, because they might say, well, no day is a good day for someone to die and to leave, right? Mm -hmm. But if I'm dying, it's different, isn't it? If we think about us as individuals dying and leaving, and also in the book, it, it kind of talks about seeing others in flight, right? Seeing mm -hmm. others who are also leaving the physical, right? Mm -hmm. And wow, I never thought of that before. I'm like, oh my gosh, you might, <laughs> who knows, right? But it's a really cool idea. It's a really cool thing to think about. I really don't like to spiritually whitewash anything. I don't. And um, because, I mean, I have been through, you know, I'm sure many, yourself and many have been through, I have been through so many stressful and tra traumatic experiences in my life um, and all bringing me to who and what I am now. So now I can look back on it and be okay with it. Yeah. But, you know, I think that the, um, the understanding that we are never alone right. um, comes easier sometimes than other times. But I think that piece of the book helps bring that part in that we are never alone. And, and we will not be alone in our transition as Good well. Point. Good point. Because I, I think that that's like one of those unconscious things, you know, when you, mm -hmm. you know, it depends on the religion too, right? As to how you feel, you know, some feel that it ends right there. That's it, right? Mm -hmm. So this, this opens up, allows you to think about it differently. And I, well, right. you know, I, I'd like to speak about that experientially in that I had a very, very deep dear friend who was um, actually had just become a, a minister of a unity in unity mm -hmm. ministry. Yeah. And life was going well. And he had had a drug addiction many years ago and got clean, I think for over 20 years and um, rebuilt his life. And he had a, a beautiful music that he played and he was so talented. He could play 12 string guitar. Who can do that? I mean, he wow. just was so talented in so many ways and so loving and so giving and a wonderful father to his like stepdaughter. And um, I don't know what happened. He ended up going back to doing drugs. Yeah. I don't know if it was too overwhelming, all the good or the people he was trying to help in his ministry, the mm. problems they were having. But um, he ended up actually dying in a, a park in our community. So he had, he had overdosed oh. and was laying on the ground in a park and somebody found him. So, but again, how spirit helps me with these things. Um, when I found out that that happened, yeah. his name was Michael, um, I laid down to meditate and I just asked whatever you want to call it, God, spirit, mm -hmm. source, um, to give me the experience that he had. This was after I'd had the experience with Tammy, mm -hmm. a couple of years after. And I laid there and then all of a sudden I had the experience that he had laying there looking up at the trees. So it was his last moment. So he was laying there and the trees are blowing back and forth and there's sunlight streaming through some of the leaves, you know, that kind of little scattered pattern. Yeah. And he was watching the um, trees blow back and forth and he passed and then he just started having his transition experience, which was completely beautiful and knew again, that there was nothing but love yeah. and the feeling having, even as someone who had basically um, drugged themselves to death, yeah. um, the, the feeling they were having, um, the experience they were having, mm -hmm. um, when you're in that, there is a sense of 
um, there is no aloneness. Right. And, uh, and I apologize, it's, it's hard to explain or it's hard to get people to understand if you haven't had it. Um, but I just wanna at least comment on that if there's someone struggling with the way that someone has passed or if there was a drug addiction or if there was you know, um, a murder or something very tragic, right. um, that when the soul has that transition, um, there is that feeling of, of no aloneness and um, so it's not something for us to be concerned about, even if they were alone. Right. And peace, I would yeah. say. Right? Yeah. I get a yeah. tremendous feeling of just, right? It's just mm -hmm. now it's all. Letting go. Letting go. <laughs> Letting go. Letting go. Letting go. Yeah. So I don't want to go on and on about this, but I am curious because I'm surrounded by, thank you for bringing that up, because I'm surrounded lately by suicide and it's young people suicide and this is this was the inspiration for me writing my book okay was um a friend of my son's his freshman year put himself in a in a situation that he knew he wouldn't make it out of let's put it that way and you know recently now we see more and more and now i'm hearing younger 12 years old 14 years old just had lost somebody 25 a few months ago it was somebody who was about 26 you know all varying ways, okay, but one thing is clear, and I, and I feel like I know where the pain comes from, right? But have you had the experience similar to Tammy's or similar to, you know, Michael, um, with a younger person? Um, I have, and before I get into that, I want to also express that anything that, any conversation that we have today in no way am I saying don't have your full experience of grief. Right. Um, if you are grieving and you are sobbing and sobbing and you can't stop, keep sobbing. Yep. The only way through it is to go through it. If you are angry, be angry. Write it down, cuss things out, um, whatever you need to do that isn't hurtful to another person. Right. Um, be angry. Um, if you can't get out of bed for four days, don't get out of bed for four days. So I want to make that clear because I am very clear about not wanting to spiritually whitewash anything. And that's not what this book is about. Right. Um, that wherever you're at within your grief, if you had a child that died 20 years ago and you still grieve that, right. then you still grieve that. That's not what this book is for to just be like, oh, well, they died and I'm okay. Um, so with that said, one of my dearest friends her son, um, I didn't even know about this, that this was a thing, but he was age 12 and he was playing the choking game and he hung himself. And so initially, because we didn't know it was the choking game, et cetera, it was ruled a suicide. And so there were all of the experiences that you go through, like, what, why would he do that? And all of those different things. And I've had some other, in fact, as far as suicide goes, when I was 14, I was in such a distressed place that, you know, I tried to end my life. So I understand it from a perspective personally, and I understand it from a perspective of going through it with someone. A couple of things I'll say on that, in my best of my understanding at this time, mm -hmm. is that uh, right now, uh, we are in such a time, an intense time, and such a time of transition right now. And so a lot of the souls that are coming in a couple things that are happening, you know, they're coming in for a certain experience for a certain amount of time and that's all that they need. And there they go. 
And also it, the energy is so intense right now that for these, a lot of these souls coming in, um, and they're, they're so already so conscious. They're, mm -hmm. they're already so empathic. They're already so understanding of many things and many levels. And so the vibration of all the chaos and anger and hate and discord that we have uh, going on in our universe at this time on our earth is not a compatible energy. It's not a compatible energy for them. And so they take a way out. Right. Um, totally go on to an energy that is compatible for them or have the opportunity to make another choice. So that's, that's really hard. If I, my son, uh, ended his life at age 12 in one form or another, um, I would be completely devastated. You'd yeah. probably have to sedate me <laughs> for a while yeah. to get through that, even though I know he had an experience of love and I know that he understands on a higher level everything right now. If, if that was to happen. So that's part of it. It's mm -hmm. just part of the, the time that we're in energetically in his souls. Yeah. So the other aspect of it is how do we deal with that as an aunt or a parent or a, and I have had people giving this book to um, family members. Oh yes. A suicide in the family. On the other end of it for us, our first step is to just go through what we go through, as I talked about before, the oh, anger, wow. mm -hmm. the expression, talking to family members, grieving, not being able to go to work, whatever. And then at some point, um, you know, a slow healing begins. And I feel like the book helps uh, facilitate that slow healing. It can be read over and over and over. I feel like suicide is even a little bit different in this time period of our soul evolution than it even was like in the 50s or something mm -hmm. or even in the 20s you know the stock market crashed and people were jumping off buildings and right. you know that type of thing um and now every soul is just having their experience so consciously and so rapidly mm -hmm. that at some point hopefully we can get to that place of understanding and move into more of a healing and again that won't make mean that we don't miss that person oh, no. um, or we don't grieve for that person right you know i didn't used to understand again not just spiritually whitewashed but everything is divine or in divine order right and i never used to understand that and when you're in a hospital room and your best friend son is 12 and he's hung himself you have no comprehension of divine order whatsoever mm -hmm. you are trying to keep her afloat you are trying to deal with the doctors. Uh, you are trying to, you're praying. You are completely in that place of uh, that experience not being exactly what it is. Right. Um, but even within that experience, I would, for myself, uh, because he hung himself, but he, he ended up living for three days after that. Okay. So we were in the hospital. Um, three or four days he lived after that. And so we stayed in the hospital with him and uh, I would stand at the foot of his bed and I would just gaze at him, gaze at his body. And for me, just for me personally, um, I was able to understand the experiences he was having in a spiritual way. Mm -hmm. I was able to understand him coming back into the body for a while, moving out of the body for a while, him going through the experience he needed to have um, before he he did die. Mm -hmm. um, so 
I can't give in an overall right answer to anyone about how to deal with something like this. And these are my only my understandings from my experiences. experiences. That's right. Um, but I, I feel like it's becoming more and more of the understanding that um, souls are coming in and they're having the experiences they need to have, and then they're they're leaving. Right. And um, and then that leaves an opportunity for us for our own healing. Correct. For our own allowing ourselves to grieve and allowing ourselves to heal from that grief. And then what do we do with that? Mm -hmm. Do we help other people? Mm -hmm. Do we write a book? <laughs> do we um, go to death cafes and connect with other people and be vulnerable and um, help other people deal what they they're going through that we've been through and so um, you know there's always a big bigger picture. There are people that have a tragedy like that happen and they just completely give up, and that's fine too. There's no judgment on that. Okay that you get to do whatever you want to do. That's fine too. Okay. And then there are people that have a severe tragedy, like they might lose all four of their children and their husband in a car accident. Incomprehensible. That's incomprehensible to me. Yeah. Um, and then they somehow turn it around to, they help other mothers with the loss of their children or they, or it might be something not related to grief. It might be, they decide, you know what, I'm going to, volunteer at the homeless shelter once a week and just yeah. help people at that level. That's what I feel like I can do. I can't deal with other people grieving. Right. So that's a big piece of it. How do yeah. we, how do we give back um, if we can? Right. And that if helps us with our own grieving process, you know? Yes, so, exactly. Um, I always tell people to, to go give to someone else, you know, because mm -hmm. it really does get us out of our place. Um, right. and, and after a while, after we feel like, you know, grieving isn't what we should be doing or whatever it is, mm -hmm. that can really help us transition back to integrating back into the world with people mm -hmm. and not feeling as raw, right? Because I think right. it feels so raw when you go through a, such a severe tragedy. Well, and I think it's important not to allow others or even ourselves to shame ourselves or to be shamed. Yeah. If we can't get ourselves to a place that we think we should be or other people think we should be. Good so yeah. I've gone through experiences of death or even life changes. You know, a, a divorce is a form of death um, and a huge change for a lot of people. And um, especially for women, it takes you a while to get back on your feet. And it's yeah. important not to shame ourselves and to honor exactly where we're at. And so, if, again, if we need to stay in bed for four days at a time, we need to do it. Yeah. Um, if we need to, you know, watch, binge watch Netflix, <laughs> whatever we need to do or until we, are. we're yeah. ready to do something else, um, we need to just have a compassionate self-talk with ourselves yeah. and not um, um, a shaming one. Right. Exactly. Right? I think that's an part, important part of all this, too. Um, so yes, yeah. to really uh, meet ourselves where we are and be okay with that, wherever it is that we are in yeah. the process. So, so the name of this show is you are good enough. And one thing that I always like to do with my guests is ask them because we all have moments where we don't feel good enough. And in fact, I feel like that's the foundation of what we've been, um, 
the foundation from where we've kind of built life as far as like humans, right? A, a foundation of fear, not being good enough, feeling unworthy, um, lack consciousness, all of those things. And, and I'm a big proponent now of, you know, the love foundation basically, and realizing that we are all good enough instead of beginning with a deficit. So what I like to do is I like to ask my guests, like when in your life did you have a profound realization? Was there something big that you really didn't feel good enough? Was there something that mm -hmm. you didn't want to face, you didn't want to deal with, but we know how the universe heats things up when the universe wants you to deal with something. Right? <laughs> yeah. And often the things in, in our lives that we're trying to avoid are the very things we're here to actually walk towards and yeah. go through, right? So do you have one of those that you can share before we, we say goodbye here? We've got uh, like another 15. Well, how many? <laughs> I know, right? How many, how many of those many? do you want? But you know, the funny thing is, I've been very, very blessed to have wonderful spiritual teachers and masters and um, many, many powerful experiences and even the opportunity to live in Sedona. And I mean, I could go on and on about many, many blessings that I've had in my life. Um, but even just two months ago, <laughs> Just two months ago, uh, from a younger gentleman, you know, these, um, the millennials that everyone complains about, I love spending time with them. Oh, like, I love them. That's they've got it yeah. figured out. And uh, everything that we're frustrated about with them is because uh, they're not going to do things the way that we did them. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm learning from them. Oh, work from home. Quit yes. Ruining my physical body, trying to work for so many other people. Um, but just two, two months ago, having a wonderful conversation with my friend, John, and I was explaining to him a situation that happened with me. Uh, he listened he, eye to eye, boy, he listened he, eye to eye. He listened to the whole thing. And then he looked right at me with me, just clearly eye to eye. And he said, Christina, there is nothing wrong with you. <laughs> And I don't know why. It's not like I've never heard that or read that in a book or watched somebody say it on a, you know, a seminar or something. Right. But somehow it spoke to me and resonated with me in such a way like it just seared my whole body, my whole energy, my whole consciousness. There is nothing wrong with you. So a little bit of backstory about that is I, I have PTSD from uh, a lot of traumatic childhood experiences and early adult experiences. And so for a long time, I've always just uh, considered that things were because I have this I have PTSD. And that's why that happens. So if I just fix that PTSD more, if I clear that up more, if I get healed of that. Um, and so for me to be in that consciousness, mm -hmm. and uh, even though somebody had done something that was disrespectful to me, um, in that consciousness for John to be able to look at me and just be very clear and grounded and say, there is nothing wrong with you. Now he wasn't ignoring or just trying to whitewash, you know, that I have PTSD. Um, he was just speaking to me in a way for me to energetically start to embody that and live my life more from that so that I quit, I quit looking at things through that veil and from that, that lens. Perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And so what that did for me is that from that day forward, um, anytime a situation would come up, um, I, I even wrote it on, stick, stuck it on my dashboard, you know, in my car, <laughs> you know, there's nothing wrong with, there is nothing wrong with me. Mm -hmm. um, so then I started coming from a new perspective of when something would happen, I would immediately begin thinking, well, there's nothing wrong with me. 
right. instead of, oh God, I got, you know, what do I, I need to do? I got to figure this out or I need to not be so reactive. I need to not be so sensitive. <laughs> All of those things that we tell ourselves, you know what? It's fine for me to be sensitive. That's for me right. to be sensitive is what makes me a, a good person to help other people. Right. Um, and so then I just really was able to embody it uh, and make that hand in hand with what you're talking about. Yep. That kind of empowerment. There's nothing uh, wrong with me. Right. And um, and just really be able to walk my life forward more in that. And then more and more amazing things um, starting starting to happen from that. And also just not taking on other people's stuff. Like, wait a minute, boy, there's nothing wrong with me. So whatever's going on here right now, thank you for the reflection and right. wrong with me. <laughs> I know. I, and you I do with your stuff, I'll do with my stuff. I yeah. love it though, because um, that's a lot of the work that I do is helping people realize that there's nothing wrong with you. You know, it's it's funny, the people I see, they could have like, they could be on like a million pharmaceuticals or have a list yay long why they have all these issues and I'm like put it away we don't have labels here it doesn't it doesn't mean anything right uh, me a lot of it comes down to energy okay and yeah. so what we believe and what we're telling ourselves and the old programs and all those things so you know what there's nothing wrong with any of us okay we're here having a journey and we're all in our process and we're all figuring it out so Thank you for saying that. What a wise, what a wise guy. I, I honestly love the millennials, I will say. Mm -hmm. And they are my clients. They are who seek me out. And, mm -hmm. um, and I love them because they see the truth. They see how it's not being done, right? Mm -hmm. Things are out of alignment, let's say. Mm -hmm. They're here to show us that you actually should walk your talk. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and I love it. I absolutely love it. Now is the time. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. I think too that um, they are also here. They already come in pretty empowered. And so they're here to em help empower us. And they yes. really cut to the chase. Like they'll listen. Okay, that's good. And <laughs> let's get it fixed. Let's get it you know, taken care of. And, and, you know, what you were saying about the pharmaceuticals and stuff like that. Um, and there's a, a place for all of that, you yep. know? Um, and, um, you know, I feel like, and I, I'm sure you will understand that um, energy medicine is the medicine of the future. Mm. And so even as I'm writing books and publishing books and that kind of thing, um, because I know I'm going to be working with more energy with people. Um, so I'm, have taken electromagnetic therapy training so that um, I'm, you know, getting, I'm certified in that. Um, and I'm not just doing it just to have like one-on-one -on -one sessions, which I might move into at some point. Mm -hmm. And I do it for friends and family now. Um, I do these sessions and it's helpful. But I know in dealing with people that are dealing with death and grief, there's a lot of dynamics in that. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, energy different levels in that so to be able to to be present with someone who's grieving dealing with grief and to be able to deal with that in an energetic way mm -hmm. to even offer them a vibrational level of healing right mm -hmm. while we're sitting there having that conversation or through this um talk that we're having now or if i was giving a talk somewhere um, to be able to be present and whatever energy was emanating for me, hopefully would be a healing vibration 
that if you, even if you couldn't, you were in the audience and you couldn't be fully present with exactly what I'm saying, like today's a good day to die, mm -hmm. you couldn't take that in. But I'm hoping energetically mm -hmm. there would be a resonance that would be able to connect with you and begin more of a healing for the people energetically. So I'm all kind of putting this together with a consciousness of understanding the different levels of grief and how to be fully present with another um, energetically and personally and spiritually and, and um, you know, so it can, it can help more people. I so grief is never going to be necessarily a cakewalk, <laughs> but it doesn't have to be such a, a heavy, heavy, torturous thing as well. Um, and I think we're in a place in our, our consciousness and in our overall transformation mm -hmm. and transition of earth and uh, our universe that we can come to a place where it doesn't have to be that. And we can have a different experience of death, dying, and grief. And I, I really want to help facilitate that, having a different and a better and a more loving experience of death, dying, and grief. That's, that's my hope. <laughs> right. I think that's, that's true. That's a big one, really, because it's something that a lot of people fear. Um, for me, I guess in the beginning, so I lost my mom really young, you know? Mm. So I had that early experience. Mm. And I have to say that I wasn't as open to reading beautiful, a beautiful book like this, right? Because mm -hmm. I had a lot of craziness going on in my life. It depends on where you are in your life, right? Mm -hmm. it, it depends on your perspective about where you're transitioning to, if you'll see that person again, all, all of these things, right? And what we mm -hmm. tell ourselves are usually what help us get out of or get eased out of that immediate, pain, terrible, painful place that we're in. So thank you for saying that. I mean, I, I think that's really powerful. And can you just tell me really quickly, like what is it that you're learning electromagnetic therapy? So what it, yeah. so if I'm seeing you, what are you doing? So we all have a, a you know, we have an energy body around our energy body and that energy right. body has a grid. And this healing was actually, um, uh, what do I want to say, created in, from a woman in Sedona years ago. Okay. He's taught other people and they teach it. And I actually um, get it from a teacher in Phoenix that I really resonate well with. Um, and so we just, um, in that training, you learn um, specific ways to deal with the grid of the body, the energy body, mm. to let go of old patterning. Love it. Um, because our old patterning stays in the subconscious. And then you know how we keep creating something over and over and over and we don't know why. So we leave a job and we love this new job. We get in the new job and they were like, oh my God, I'm dealing with the same, a lot of the same crap I was dealing with. I thought this was going to be amazing. While well, you carried with you um, the things in your energy body right. and your consciousness that create having that same experience until you can figure it out and, and heal, change, let go of some things within yourself. Everything's going on energetically. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of a trickle down. You know, Reagan gave us trickle down to economics, which didn't work very well. But spirit has a trickle down <laughs> thing that works very well. Right. And it's, um, you know, begins on the spiritual level. And then I believe it goes into the mental and the emotional and then the physical level, embodied into the physical level. And so um, by some time something becomes on the physical level, it's mm -hmm. been going through a transition for quite a while, whether it be cancer, whether it be. Right force, whether it be, you know, um, or even good things, having right. a new relationship, um, a new child coming into our lives. Um, so working with things in that energy 
body, um, and it can be pain. Uh, I have a friend in Michigan, my friend Steve, uh, who I worked with with uh, severe back pain he was having. Mm -hmm. Did a session, he went to sleep, got up that next day, no back pain. Was wow. able to go out and ride his bike and things like that. So, um, so just really um, working with the energy body. I love and it. And then it can, it can um, transition to the physical, mental, emotional level experiences that we're having, and even, Absolutely. you know, spiritual. And um, so, yeah, I think this is going to be, it is the wave of the future. It is. And it's, um, so it's quantum, right? You know, because mm -hmm. I was, I did stuff quantumly to heal my daughter for years. Right. Long time ago. And mm -hmm. um, that is, that was the game changer. Yeah. All of that, all the vibration, you know, where everything the is energy, everything is vibration. Yeah. So if that is true, which it is provable yeah. by science. Yes. Then everything should be able to be shifted energetically and vibrationally. Yeah. I love it. So we're so turning it up. Yeah. And, you know, I know we're going to go uh, in a little bit, but I just yep. want to interject this last thing, Kimberly. Yeah. Yep. So uh, to tell your audience, because yep. this is a part of the journey that I think is beautiful. So we met in Sedona. Yes, we did. <laughs> um, we met at uh, Matt Kahn. Matt Kahn, right. Uh, event he was giving in Sedona at the wow. Art Center here in Sedona. Yep. Community Center. Yep. And I just happened to sit down in a chair by myself. I went by myself. And you happen to sit next to me. Yep. And being, you know, I'm obviously shy. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. Being these social people that we are, we just start chatting, la, 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 yeah. la, And I told you I was a personal assistant and right. I gave you my card. You gave me yep. your card. Yep. And we just had a lovely energetic exchange. We I did. mean, on the physical level, it was uh, great. But energetically, we True. get that. We had a lovely energetic yep. connection and decided to retain that on some level. So we yep. kept emailing and... And yeah. I, I watch your videos and I comment and I You're go, so oh, that sweet. was amazing. Or, You're you very know, sweet. oh, that helped me. And um, yeah. so that kept happening until it got to the point where you wanted to do these podcasts and right. ask me to be a guest for your podcast. Yeah. And the reason I want to bring this up for um, closing today is that, you know, this is all part of this journey for me, even of this book. 23 years ago, you know, and it begins before that, like I had to literally be dating the right person right? <laughs> in a relationship with the right person who was going to have a cousin that died, who was, I was going to have this experience. So universe lines these things up way in advance and we participate and that's fun. But that's part of that continual journey of the book. You know, I don't know that sitting there being present with you and you being present with me yeah. and us have an energetic exchange and communication and connection. Right. Um, and then, you know, whatever, two years later becomes part of this journey, even with the book and part of my personal and professional journey. Yeah. Um, I hate to say professional. That's weird, but I guess that's part of it. But, As an but author that is, now, that is my profession I'm, I'm into and moving into. So I yeah. need to own that. Um, but so I wanted to touch on that Thank part you. of it. Thank that, you for bringing that up. I meant to do that earlier in the interview. So no, it's fine. Well, I think it speaks to the, again, that everything is in divine order, even when we don't understand it and we don't see it, even just little things in passing. Right. And so it, it speaks again to death, dying, and grief when we can be at some point be in a place of, of peace within ourselves with that and realizing it all is part of the divine plan. Um, just being able to get to that point if and when we can. And if right. we can that's okay too. 
So, so yeah. true. That's awesome. <laughs> and it is funny. You know, I thought it would look differently. Like I thought I was staying in touch with you because I was trying to like, you know, be there remotely for three months and mm -hmm. you know, maybe do a workshop or something. And who knows, that may still happen. Yeah. Okay. I love Sedona. I haven't been back since I saw you actually. Oh, wow. Chomping yeah. at the bit, let me tell you. But um, yeah. life's yeah. taken me in different directions, but I will get there. And when I do, of course, I'm looking you up. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll keep doing these for my next book and my next book and my next yes, book. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And I'm like books behind. I've got other people saying, so when's your next yeah. book coming out? When's your next book coming out? I'm like, I'm just trying to build my business and all the things that I do. I don't know. But I'm, I'm psyched. I can't wait. I, I look forward to hearing more about okay. your book. And, um, and yeah, so I just want to say thank you, uh, Christina. It's so funny how we've come full circle. Oh, no problem. From that day where I sat down next to you at Matt's workshop, uh, his event, which I totally loved. And, yeah. um, and, and maybe yeah, we'll see so. this someday and get a kick out of it. <laughs> I know, right? Exactly. Who knows? Or maybe we'll be speaking with him someday at the same uh, event. You know? I love that guy. I, well, really I shouldn't say maybe. I say, well, you know, when we're when speaking. When we. When we. are with <laughs> Matt Khan someday at right. a big event. That's right. Um, exactly. Yeah. But for anybody that uh, wants more information on the yes. book, you can go on the website yep. and you can read the story about um, Tammy, how yep. this came together. And it's www.alwaslove.com. Right. And you can order books there. I actually fill the orders myself. So okay, you do. Fine, okay. Yeah, I do at this point. Um, and which I'm getting, be I mean, it's been nice. There's been a lot of them, but I enjoy doing it. Oh, yeah. And so if you want a signed copy, you know, indicate that. Indicate I saw that on your website, which is really yeah. nice. So there's an actual place. Yeah. And then go. that way, if you okay. were, if you are giving the book as a gift and yep. you want it to go to someone specifically, you can email me, you know, I'll get the order and then you can email me and say, you know, I've ordered this book. Yep. Uh, would you sign it to so-and-so who okay. is my sister, Love it. you know, and she lost her husband, whatever. Right. And I can personalize it more. And I think, you. yeah, of course I'd love to do that. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Okay. Cause I will, I'll be reaching out to you about that. But anyway, so I'm going to, I'm going to end it here. Okay. I want to thank you. It's been wonderful. Ooh, death, dying and grief could be so fun. I know. Right. <laughs> exactly. And I look forward to uh, talking with you and, and okay. don't forget you are good enough and I will talk to you guys soon. Okay. Bye. Thank you. Thank, thank you so you. much.